Should be talking about how great Alexander the Great was. Oh, geez. <laughs> Nick's going to derail the show again. Going live. We are back with episode 124 of Future Chat. That's a thing, too. That's like one of those uh, number so, doubles so, every time numbers. Yeah, yeah. It's like powers of two or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, except not, I don't think, because one to the power of two is still one. Uh, anyways, <laughs> it's, it's true. Um, we are... No, powers it, of two. Not things to the second power, but powers of two. Oh, okay. So like... Because two to, to the, the power, power of zero two. is one. Right. So one to the power of two, two to the power of two. It still doesn't work, Nick. You're... It's two to the power of zero, two to the power of one, and then two to the power of two, Rob. Okay. Yeah, yeah. I see. Okay, I see what you're saying. Um, <laughs> oh, no, I that was it. a third math. That was the third thing. But you are right. It does work with one of those. Thank you. And we derailed the episode before it even began. Quick clerical note. I just wanted to note, even though it's only December 11th, this will be our last episode of the year. I will leave will time for... Only December 11th. You see that as ending prematurely. <laughs> well, we, we chose to end prematurely. It happens to everyone once in a while. Uh, we do have quite a bit that we want to fit in this show. So I don't want to spend too long talking about powers of two, as interesting as they may be. We started off this show, actually, right before we started the show with uh, talking about the mydemocracy.ca survey that's been going around. I have saw it first on Facebook because someone shared a link to having done it. And then I saw it on Twitter as a promoted tweet. So I guess they're pushing, the federal government's pushing pretty hard to kind of consult the public on electoral reform. And <laughs> They're but, pushing so hard, so very hard <laughs> that they're promoting things on Twitter. They're promoting tweets. Whoa. Can you even imagine? Although I will say from the very beginning of this survey, it wasn't exactly what I was expecting. It was kind of trying to guide people through electoral reform options without actually listing them or explaining them. Like I, I would have loved to say I want ranked ballots. And there was one question that kind of pushed towards that option over others, but I thought it was kind of vague. And so I don't know. I took the survey. Nick took the survey mike is currently finishing taking the survey right now nick what are your thoughts on on the electoral reform thing in this survey my thoughts while i was taking it was more i preferred that I okay preferred i need that. more more detail no, well okay so like my <laughs> i guess my summation of things is mm. um i think they did a good job on talking about well you know kind of kind of laying out the trade-offs for people Right. Like with proportional representation, basically, like they'll ask questions like, um, do you prefer having more voices in parliament, even if it means that things don't necessarily get done as quickly? Because hmm. that's definitely a strength and a weakness of proportional representation. You get voices from more people, but you also, you can wind up not having things done as quickly. Um, and then the last questions of the form... Would you prefer governments that can get things done quickly, even though it means that, you know, uh, the government doesn't have to collaborate nearly as much? Yeah. So, <clears throat> like, I thought, because they had a couple questions where it's like, you know, this, they'd say, you know, here, proportional representation, it has obvious strengths over first past the post. But then a couple questions later, they'd say, you know, here's a problem with PR and it here's a strength right. of first past the post. 
And so I like that aspect of it because it did a good job of showing the trade-offs in broad strokes of the different methods. What I would have, um, more to your point, and it's a lot of the criticism that I've read basically so far, is that it didn't really explain the new systems much. Mm -hmm. But I've also heard that through the collaboration that everyone's been doing, generally speaking, Canadians don't understand the systems that we're debating. Right. So, like, I mean, I think it's a majority of the citizens don't know that our current system is called first past the post. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, what what do you do? What do you do? Yeah. I mean, I was thinking throughout completing this survey that I, I was trying to picture an ideal system, but also having to keep in mind the worst possible system, the worst possible parties in the system. So like I, I actually took a screenshot of one of the questions here that made me especially thinking about the Republican Party in the US the last four to eight years. Um, the question, the first question about preferences in the second section was, uh, would you prefer a government where one party governs and can make decisions on its own or a government where several parties have to collectively agree before a decision is made? And so in my mind, if you have a majority government, in theory, you should be able to make a decision on your own. But I would love to be able to have several parties collectively have to agree. However, the downside of that collective agreement means that one party can basically hijack the entire process and just make everything stagnant until they get power. And then suddenly they'll want to do whatever they want. And so while in theory, I would love kind of all the groups have to get together and come to a consensus of some kind in principle we've seen that that or in, in actual practice we've seen that that doesn't really work in if you don't have all parties agreeing to work under that system and it's just frustrating so while you were talking i was trying to find eric grenier of the cbc n308.com yeah had his proposal for electoral reform, he likes talking about this one system out of Germany. And I can't find it. So, oh, 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 okay. It's the Baden-Württemberg system. Württemberg system. Okay. So his proposal would be, or, you know, one of the systems he likes is the that system. So what it is, it's more like mixed member proportional. Are you familiar with mixed member proportional? I believe so. That's the one where some of the seats go by an effectively first past the post type system and some go by proportional representation. Mm-hmm. So you elect a bunch of people as you would now. Um, and those are the direct representative members. But then you also have list members. So yeah. each party will submit a list. And then you start adding from the list members until the seats in the House of Commons are more or less proportional or legislative assembly, oh, whatever. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. So um, in this system, if I'm recalling correctly, um, it's, a, it's a form of mixed member proportional, but the party does not submit the list so much. You run through the first past the post system. Rob, you look so disenthralled right now. No, no, no. I'm I'm trying to think about how it would work as you say it. I mean, okay, honestly. So you, you go through the first election. That's fine. Like, to get the direct representatives. But then instead of party-submitted lists, the list is automatically populated 
by those members of that party which did not win a seat but ranked by the proportion of the popular vote that they achieved. Huh. So, for example, in Calgary Center, it was a pretty tight race. Like, yeah. I think in the end it was about 51-49 or 50.5, 49.5. So, were the conservatives to get, and they definitely would have gotten a lot of list members in the mm-hmm. last election. Yeah. Um, because this riding came down to almost a two-party race... Joan Crockett would have been very, very high on their party list, which makes sense because so many people actually did vote for her. Yep. The The trouble that I see with that system is that all of those voters would have picked her to represent them. And so she would be a member of parliament representing technically the whole country. But her, she would obviously be working for that riding, and so I, I feel like you'd end up with some a system where Kent Hare and her would end up butting heads directly over Calgary things, even though she's not representing Calgary, he is. She's representing her party on the national stage. I'm not saying that's necessarily a deal breaker, but that seems like a downside. Yeah, that is a downside. Mm-hmm. But like. The alternative in a mixed member proportional system is that you just have people loyal to their party and their party right. alone. Yeah. So you have no constituents to actually mm. affect your views of things. Yeah. A couple of the questions related to that. And yeah, I don't, I don't necessarily think that's the best way to do things to have like list members. I don't think are a great way because I don't, I don't like the idea of someone voting along party lines just because they're party lines and you get some, you can get some really bizarre outcomes, especially I I find now that members of like public office are really, really scrutinized these days. Everything, every past voting decision they've ever made gets scrutinized when they're, when they run for office and having a thing like that, especially on, on things like deciding to go to war or I mean, gay marriage was very unpopular like 10 years ago, gay marriage legislation. And so you'd find members of a party who voted against legalizing I think you mean legalizing 20 gay years marriage. ago. I'm, okay, so in the States 10 years ago, in the in the Canada 20 years ago, sure. Um, you'd find people with that position because they went along party lines because it was po- politically unpopular to not. But it doesn't necessarily mean that they held those beliefs themselves. And so when when it became popular... Though you, you could reach back into that politician's history and find that they voted they voted along party lines, but they voted for something that they didn't necessarily believe in themselves and didn't necessarily believe was best for their constituents. And it will lead to kind of a lot of what people think about politics is like, oh, these people will just say anything to get elected. But Yep. It, no, it's true. Accurate. But, but on the one hand, wouldn't you want your political representation to do what its people want it to do like wouldn't you want your politicians to change their mind on an issue if enough of their voters say that they want it it's it's like it's such a tough line to weave between and i don't know how to fix it like i don't think any perfect political system could even fix that are you familiar with the concept of unparliamentary speech no okay but i'm very interested do you recall fartgate no no 
I do. Wait, was that was an Alberta. Th- I think that was an Alberta thing. That was specifically mostly. a Calgary thing. Yeah. Like Michelle Rempel was giving a talk in the House of Commons, and she said uh, something like, "Alberta's the fart in the room that nobody wants to talk about," or mm-hmm. "Alberta is treated like a fart in a room." Okay. And so, fart is an example of unparliamentary language. It's words that right. you're not supposed to say in the House of Commons. Mm-hmm. And so. Elizabeth May then stood up and said, my, my honorable colleague used unparliamentary language. The word was F-A-R-T. I'm, I'm wondering if she'd like to withdraw. And then she goes, no, I don't want to withdraw because I'm mad as hell and I'm not going to take it anymore. Just, you know, in huh. different words. Yeah. But uh, what you're describing, someone who just reflects the will of the people in all circumstances it's my reaction was oh so it sounds like a weather vane you just move every way that the wind's blowing right but in quebec in french anyway the term weather vane is unparliamentary language when you say As the french euphemism. translation of it no what? you just can't call people weather vanes i think it might be in the the parliament of quebec huh interesting like you can't use the english word weather vane no it's the french word for that's what, that's why i just asked if okay. it was the french translation yeah, that was sorry. yeah okay i'm not sure if that isn't it something the with the Commons, word though. the French word for rooster in it? Like, <laughs> like cuck. <laughs> I think. Right. We've all seen weather vanes that have a rooster on them. Yeah. Yeah. Yes, yeah, so that's true. It is, we Nick? have. Sorry. Is that is that what it is? Like now I'm just gonna look up what weather vane is in French. But have you? Okay, more to do I'm with feeling the like you're that... playing with us. Have you looked this up before? So I so read to... Rob. To, to come back to the mydemocracy.ca survey, because that's mm-hmm. originally what we were talking about, because we are a tech podcast, so... We are? <laughs> yes, this is not East meets to West, um, so... Okay, so, <clears throat> political science is a science. Can I just, can I interject the, and... The best kind of science. ...follow up? Because this is the best. So if you, if you convert the word weather vane to French, you get... Uh, the word I'm not. I should, probably shouldn't even say it, but we're not in Quebec Parliament, so who cares? It's girouette, and if you convert, if you back convert girouette to English, it is weathercock. So that's probably <laughs> why it's unparliamentary language. Okay. <laughs> Anyways, yeah, go so, on, Mike. So this this survey was interesting. It was it was quite easy to do. Mm-hmm. Not not as bad as I thought it would be, and I ended up getting that my views most aligned with cooperators. I don't know okay. what you guys got. Um, innovator. Innovator. Oh, interesting. So my description was cooperators are generally open to modernizing our democracy. They tend to favor more cooperation in politics and in the way that parliament works. They typically prefer governments that build consensus and see compromise with other parties. I'm not, I'm not mm-hmm. sure what the innovators one is. Um, Let me see if I can pull it up. I would hope you guys. Can. Oh, sorry. Another... Another criticism I've heard is the criticism I've now heard a couple times from Kaya, in which she took it and then went, oh, okay, so it says I'm this, and she reads the top four of the top five um, traits that it provides, and she goes, huh, I don't have any of these traits at all. I don't want any of this. <laughs> but but she obviously does. That's the whole point of the survey, is to discover. Oh, maybe. In, in mm. fairness, I didn't read over her shoulder the whole time, so we can't be sure. <laughs> innovators, oh, are, 
Innovators are generally among the most open to new ideas to improve the way Parliament works. Innovators tend to favor cooperation over competition when it comes to politics and prefer governments that seek compromise with other parties. They typically support the idea of parties working together and sharing responsibility for decisions. That's the first paragraph. Did you want me to read the whole thing? No. No. That's okay. fine. Interestingly, Nick, I'm looking at your results. I didn't save mine, but the one thing they or the first thing they talk about here under themes of different voter types um, is under accountability. It just happens to be the first in the alphabet, I guess. You fall kind of like dead in the middle of the spectrum towards between shared and concentrated accountability. I fall very, very strongly like I'm almost off the scale on the side of shared accountability, which See, I find interesting. You're well, saying it shouldn't be shared accountability? I'm saying it should be. Right. Yeah, I'm saying all okay. of Parliament should be respond like held accountable for all of Parliament's right. decisions. I, looking at the so go ahead. Look, looking at the plots on mine, just because I have it open, I'm able to kind of flip between the different themes mm -hmm. and how the different views or groups compare on each theme. And cooperators and innovators are almost exactly the same, except for ballot detail when they're on like opposite sides of the spectrum. Right, and I think that's what threw me onto the cooperators versus innovators. Because I said that it should be simple ballots, even if it means not being able to to select with the same amount of detail right. as you otherwise would. Oh, Whereas, yeah, because I'm down with more complicated ballots. Right. Yeah, so, 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 so Yeah, so that's, that's what split. And when I answered that question, I was thinking more just for the benefit of the overall population. Mm -hmm. Like, if I'm sure for me, I'd be fine with a complicated one, but I know that would not work out well with other people yeah. voting. Interestingly, my thoughts on the whole on that question, I was like, I wish I had a more detailed room to leave a more detailed answer. <laughs> but I understand that some people might be able to answer this simply. And that led me right back to ranked ballots where I'm like, I would love to be able to add more more detail to my answer on this ballot. But see, ranked ballots is its own thing. That's I don't think that, I didn't interpret the question to be no, no, asking well, about ranked ballots. No, 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 not specifically. But uh, I did think it was interesting that in the question about detail in specific questions asked i wanted to add more detail and there wasn't the ability to do so right i the other thing i thought was interesting was talking about online voting mm -hmm. and i just said strongly agree for all those questions because me too of course like i, I my thought is any concern regarding security or whatever can be worked out yeah like there, there's enough technology out there that you can put whatever security measures in and anti-fraud detection and all this kind of stuff if it's necessary if mm -hmm. they move forward with it i'm sure they'll work it out because mm -hmm. like, yeah yeah my concern in that question I i'm not sure exactly what information they were overall trying to get by asking it but from my perspective it wasn't just the fact that elections would need to be secure like that election results couldn't be tampered with but it was the idea that your ballot is supposed to be secret. And so if you were on an unsecure connection or the website was unsecure, that your vote, your, right. your specific vote would be able to be identified as being you. Right. And so it's kind of a two pronged thing. It's like security all around. It's not just security of the elections, but a security of the secrecy of your vote. But for that, couldn't can't like the government could set up like a VPN to mm -hmm. log into. Yeah, of course. To cast your vote. Yeah. Like Again, VPNs are VPNs are legitimate. Like the whole purpose is to obscure. Yeah, and if you're using it for a legitimate purpose, like anonymous voting, like that mm -hmm. should be fine, right? Yeah. It it would be it would require 
a huge effort in software to be able to make a VPN connection simple enough that anyone could do it. I mean, I guess the fallback is you go and vote in person if you want. Right. But yeah, that's and it's an interesting thing thinking about how you'd guarantee security of your vote. Yeah. Yeah. There, there are so many different things like, yeah, it's crazy to think about. And so answering that question with strongly agree it's like in the ideal situation i strongly agree but exactly there are all these yeah. caveats no for sure that's the whole point yeah yeah it's like assuming we could get it to work i would want that to be implemented mm-hmm. right that's the kind of thing yeah so long and short i would love to see more surveys but <laughs> like with specific i want this system results <laughs> <laughs> yes or at least i'm in favor of this like i'd I don't want to presume to know more than these experts that they've gathered, but I also want to be able to give... I heard that in air quotes, by the way. Now, I'm no polling expert, (laughs) but... No, I'm honestly saying the exact opposite of that. I Like, when it comes down to even things like national referendums, if you can have a... If you can gather a panel of experts that are going to be objective about something, I think they would make a more informed decision than a referendum or a popular vote would. Right. Yeah, but they've know. gathered experts, and it it does not appear to have gone so well. Well, okay. Do we want to bring up the comments that Miriam Monsef made? Because that was crazy. I. It's like the long and short was I'm working with a bunch of children. <laughs> the the idea that they commissioned a report to look into different electoral reform possibilities, and then at the end of the thing. She blamed them for not coming up, like picking an alternative when that was never their role. Just seems baffling to me. Like, why would she's like throwing them under the bus for not being clear enough on what the best alternative is? Because it's like you have to pick one, but neither none of them are perfect. Well, Rob, they did, they weren't hired to use math. They were hired <laughs> to pick a voting system. Did you? Yeah, um, that, that was crazy. <laughs> I'm guessing you don't. But do you guys listen to the House? No. No. Okay. They had a they had a conservative and a liberal on. I think they were both on the electoral reform committee. Mm-hmm. Oh, was that a messy interview? Wait, they interviewed people on the reform committee while they were on the reform committee. Yes, that's crazy. Like that, it was a couple of weeks wow. ago, so they submitted their report. Yeah, wow. Well, they weren't choosing the Pope, Rob. Why is that, no, I know. Why but... is that crazy? <laughs> it the idea <laughs> Sorry. of Sorry, if I may give like. An entirely facetious. They weren't choosing the Pope, Rob. They were doing something important. <laughs> <laughs> there we go. Um, I find it because I, I, I participated in, like I sat in on a review that um, some of the members of the international research community did over funding from NSERC. And they submitted their report, but I can't imagine any of them wanting to be interviewed about what was in the report. Well, that's seems... the difference between the people you deal with and politicians. Well, no, but they're not. I mean, I guess some of them are politicians, but they're like, they're experts in policy and electoral work. They're not necessarily career politicians. And there's your answer. No, I mean, in, in neither case are they politicians. Like, so in this case, like, you know, basically the job of every opposition MP right now is to get people fired up over how terrible this is going. Right. Because everyone is saying, we want this thing, and the government doesn't want this thing. How terrible is the government right now? 
mm-hmm. which is yeah. crazy because I'm thinking the government's working, just make the right decision. <laughs> yeah, but I've I've read every single post media paid for post media owned piece on electoral form, and they're all blaming the liberals. Do they all want a referendum? Mm, I don't know if they all do, but it's definitely been mentioned on a number of occasions. Yeah, I bet it has. Does anyone else just love the irony of holding a referendum <laughs> on voting systems? <laughs> I don't know if that's ironic directly. It it really is, though. Because how do you pick which voting system to use <clears throat> yeah. to vote about voting systems? Well, okay, that, that part definitely is. That's what I mean. It's like the most made-up problem ever. Mm-hmm. Because the thing is, what question do you ask? I feel, and how, yeah. like, I feel like we it? have um, discussed this before, but I'm submitting a link to prvote.com. It's from the former strategists, Calgary mm-hmm. show, no longer. Um, so they wanted to prove a point regarding referenda. They said, you know, people think that referenda are these or is this pure form of democracy, but they don't realize how gameable it is by changing the language. Mm-hmm. So they said, let's just say PR. Let's just, you know, decide on PR as a method that we're going to ask a referendum question about. Now, go down. They did, uh, it was what? Google, Consum- Google Consumer Surveys that they commissioned. And they asked the same question in three different ways. Go check out how different the results were. (sighs) This is terrifying. Okay, so I'll just tell you. For the question, do you agree that Canada should update its voting method for federal elections to proportional representation? I'm going off what I remember and what I recall. So, I mean, this is going to be terrible. But do you agree is a strong trigger to try and get more yes votes and update is a trigger to get more yes votes. Mm-hmm. Yes got 58.3% and no got 41.7%. Number two, huh. should Canada eliminate first past the post elections and replace them with proportional representation? Eliminate and replace are very like, no uh, there are other trigger yeah. words it's like... Right. But of the form, change, I don't like change. Why would we change? Mm. And so in that case, yes received 47.1% support, where no received 52.9% report. So the the referendum does not pass on question number two, passes on question number one. And then number three, should Canada change the method it elects? Mem- wait. Should Canada change the method it elects members of parliament from first past the post to proportional representation? And they thought that this would be the best one, except they used the word change. And Mm -hmm. so, change? I don't like change. Why would we change? So in that case, yes receives 45.8% support. No receives 54.2% support. Mm Mm-hmm. So you get wildly different results based on how you word a referendum question. So I t- having heard all this, I totally agree with Stephen Carter and say Canada deserves better than a referendum. Yeah. Canada deserves, like imagine we all just got together and said, you know, I can't think about this. I need someone to think about this for me. 
need someone to use their best judgment and get together in a big room or something and discuss the implications of all this and come up with a solution. Yeah. Can can Those I just are MPs. Can I just point something out here? Yes. Uh-oh. So, aside from the small voting sample because 500 is basically Ooh. nothing. The the only one that actually statistically stands out is number 1. The mm-hmm. others are within error of each other. So, I think it shows that Fair enough. Like I think it shows that you can't get consistent results, but I think it it wasn't a you know obvious like look at this this is definitive but, but it doesn't need to be statistically rigorous in order for it to show that it basically shows it's a toss-up depending on how you word it yeah well it just shows that it's close enough that you can get different but overlapping results every time it's not a it's not a divisive issue enough it's to not have a, it's not something you pin your hat on exactly it's like you in can either go case, what it's not something you pin your hat on no matter how you slice it that, that's what that's what I'm saying. Yeah, I think this shows more that the issue is a very split issue to oh. begin, like regardless of how you ask it. But you could kind of sway it to the yes if you use more positive mm. language, like update. Yeah, but they they were trying. Wait, they weren't trying to be just outrageous about it in all cases. They could have easily had well eliminate and replace, and then say, look, it doesn't pass now. But I th- I would argue the main takeaway is that you can go from you know, statistical toss up to definitive. Yes. Possibly definitive. No, based on the question you ask. Yeah. Yeah. Depending again, depending on the actual question itself, like on the issue, if it's close enough that it could swing that easily, then yeah, the way the questions were, it can have an effect. It can always well, swing that easily with a referendum. Yes. Mm-hmm. I think but that's if, the you, point. if you, if you did a similar referendum on the death penalty, I'm just throwing that out there as another divisive issue. I don't know if it's as close as voting systems would be. I think you'd see a lot more consistently one way, but maybe less pronounced depending how you word it. But it wouldn't be enough to change the result, potentially. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure I agree. I'm not Again, sure I agree, but I understand where he's coming from. Maybe the death penalty isn't isn't the right topic either. You could I could go more outrageous than that and say, should we have monkeys run our country? I think almost any topic <laughs> within reason, you could significantly change the statistically significantly change the results based on the question mm-hmm. you're asking. If if you get to write the question, it's like if you get to choose the districts, how the districts are drawn. It yeah. gives you all the power. Fun note. Have you seen the actual question from the 1995 Quebec referendum? No. no. That's a good one. I, I went and looked up just now the Brexit referendum question. And that's actually the most straightforward it was referendum really good. question I've ever seen. It was seen. a really good question. <laughs> Which is they terrifying. still screwed it up. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so. Yeah. Okay. Wikipedia to the rescue. No, I'm not donating money right now. <laughs> I might never give money to Wikipedia. You're a bad person, Rob. Yep. That's okay. Someone else will pay my $5. Yeah. Although I may start giving money to the food bank. Just don't give cans. Probably will. Okay. In English, the question on the ballot asked, do you agree that Quebec should become... Also, do you agree... Do you agree? That Quebec should become sovereign after having made a formal... A formal offer to Canada for a new economic and political partnership within the scope of the bill respecting the future of Quebec and of the agreement signed on June 12, 1995. What? Yeah. 
Yeah. Wait, it references a bill? Oh, yeah. <laughs> what? Just once more, once more. Do you <laughs> agree five more. that Quebec should become sovereign after having made a formal offer to Canada for a new economic and political partnership within the scope of the bill respecting the future of Quebec and of the agreement signed on June 12, 1995? <laughs> okay, so how many times become... do you have to read that and know the bill they're talking yeah. about to be like, oh, uh, uh I, I agree. I'm agreeable. How, how did that become the question? Like, how about should Quebec leave Canada as a part of their country? But that's of the not what they wanted to ask. Well, that's also but, why they passed the Clarity Act in the wake of it. They were like, no, it, you have to have a clear, clear majority and a clear question if you want to leave the country. What? Um, what was the result of that referendum? It's like close fifty point fifty point five to forty nine point five or something to, in favor of leaving. Or no, it, oh no, it was it was the other way. It was almost almost leaving, but almost not. leaving. Yeah, that's crazy. The, the fa- who would do that sight unseen? Like, what if that bill is like okay, has yeah. all these crazy provisions in it? The results for the choice no fifty point five eight percent. Yes was forty nine point four two percent. Valid votes were ninety eight point one eight percent. Huh. So, yeah. That's uh, what a question. Yeah, I mean it's basically a toss-up at that point because nobody, like that's Schrodinger's question. Nobody can understand it enough to actually answer it in a truthful way. Yeah, so like that was definitely a gamified question. Like that question was to the point where, in the wake of the referendum, they actually did some polling, and mm-hmm. a lot of the people that voted, like they made the vote to separate. They thought that Quebec would still be sending members members to the Canadian House of Commons. <laughs> like, of course they were. It's like, no, that was not the case at all. <laughs> it's like, I like agreeing. I like new per- political partnerships. So, so should 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 we move on? I think we should not have a referendum that can be so easily gamified. Yes. Now. I we could go in a number of different directions here. Mike, first of all, Christmas is coming up. I want to know what smartwatch you think you're getting this year. <laughs> it's actually funny story and and I'm only I'm only going to say this cuz I know Maria's not doesn't listen to the show. Um but I actually got one of those fossil analog there's smartwatches but in the least smart not, possible way. Kind of, yeah. But that's exactly what she could use was because women, as you know, often keep their phones in their purse mm-hmm. or on a table or something. They don't have pockets, so they don't use their pockets for their phones. Right. It so is a tragedy ver- of women's fashion. <laughs> so so very often something will come up that the phone will go off and she'll either wonder what it is, if it's worth getting, or she just won't hear it at all. Right. So so and so having having something that can kind of notify her when her phone is going off and potentially tell her what it is could be very useful and she's been needing a watch like just a regular analog watch so this kind of kills those two birds mm-hmm. um so to answer your question that's the one i'm getting that's the one for me. you're getting but which one for, are you receiving i'm not getting any i'm not receiving any. Uh, this no <laughs> okay i should have phrased my question better this is what we've learned from this episode. we need a clear question <laughs> which one would you choose to receive could you receive anyone or do you answer none of the above 
Uh, still, after is this I'd two years running that you've wanted one, but <laughs> I'd I'd still probably not have any. Mm-hmm. Actually, before the news this week, I probably would have picked a Pebble, but we'll get to that. Yeah. Um, and if I had a newer iPhone, I'd pick the Apple Watch. But since neither of those things are possible, then right. Well, so you put. Do you want to like the the point of this was a segue to talk about Pebble in case it that was wasn't a wildly clear. successful segue. By yeah. the way. <laughs> <laughs> um. So Fitbit has purchased Pebble mm-hmm. for speculated to be an aqua hire but because they've essentially killed the pebble product right i i got an email because i'm on their mailing list and it said hey so thanks for being a pebble customer uh your washers will continue work for the time being oh, they may well, they, they may stop working in the future uh but yeah thanks and uh go support fitbit that's basically what the email said hmm. um i put a link to the blog post that was what the email said um i don't know if you guys have had come across the blog post but it basically lays out what the acquisition by fitbit means for pebble and in uh in basic terms it it means that pebble's done yeah i read into this uh like acquire sure like they want the talent probably but i also read into it that they were trying to kind of get rid of one competitor to them be able to sell more fitbits if pebble doesn't exist well, with Pebble being longer battery life than other competitive smartwatches mm-hmm. and also having activity tracking and now with their newest products, GPS tracking, uh, that takes away from Fitbit's demographic too. So this is kind of like Pebble wasn't, I wouldn't say they were taking away from the smartwatch demographic, like the smartwatch market, but they're definitely taking away from the fitness tracker demographic because right. Um, people who wanted a fitness tracker might look at the Pebble and say, oh, well, this is basically a fitness tracker, but also a smartwatch functionality. So so I may as well get that. Mm-hmm. And and Fitbit's been moving towards kind of the smartwatch demographic, like the smartwatch category too with the charge. It's a lot more smartwatchy than their other products have been because it has a screen and shows a bit more info than just steps and time. It kind of goes a bit further, so... Yeah, I, I I agree with you that they're they're trying to remove a competitor. Mm-hmm. So in this scenario where you had a newer, let's assume work iPhone, mm-hmm. I'm assuming you wouldn't buy an Apple Watch to pair with your work phone. No, no. I my next phone could possibly be an iPhone. <gasps> okay, no, 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 no. Hold on, I need to unpack this because I'm I'm honestly I'm preparing to write a thing. That is blaming journalism for specifically this kind of phrasing. This is even worse than my referendum question phrasing. <laughs> Mike, obviously your next phone could be an iPhone. How serious are you about this? Don't don't there's, hedge. I want to know. I want an actual answer. There's an equal chance. So it's 50-50. I sure it's 50-50. Okay. Wow. iPhone has come far enough along that there's not enough reasons for me to avoid buying it. Mm-hmm. And Android's at the point where there isn't enough reason for me to favor it. So when the time comes for me to buy a new phone, it's, it's even playing ground. E- right. Playing ground? Playing field. Yeah. Playing field. There Level you go. playing Thank field. You. Level playing field. It's a coin toss. It's a dice roll. It's, Will it's, it's Mike not a... buy an iPhone? I'm not saying it's a coin toss. Like <laughs> I'll consider all the options available at that time. No, but the but odds are not... a coin toss. 
Yeah. But I'm not I'm not saying that iPhone is out of the question just inherently because it's an iPhone. Is Nick, am I the only one here that hears the subtext of Mike thinks the next Galaxy Note might also blow up and he doesn't want to risk it? Is that Yes, you I'm are, getting? Rob. You are the only one that hears that. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you, Nick. <laughs> uh, that, so, yeah, that's interesting. Yeah. On on that note, um, Hi <laughs> what what is the current state of smartwatches? Because Rob, you you're under the impression that the Apple Watch is the bee's knees, and that's all that matters. I'm not saying it's perfect by any stretch. There are definitely. I didn't things... say you thought it was yeah. perfect, but well, the the bee's knees is um, the be all and end all, and I don't think that's. Do you guys know that the bee's and ease is actually the be all and end all? That's oh, what that phrase is that means? what that I is? That's no so idea. clever. Um, I like that a lot. Let's talk more about wing linguistics and less about smartwatches. <laughs> the current state of smartwatches. <laughs> I will sum. I will sum. There are smartwatches. Some come from Apple, and others don't. This has been the current state of smartwatches but by Nick Maddox. Interestingly, even Nick, having no real perception of the smartwatch market, catalogs it as Apple Watch versus every other smartwatch. No. That's basically how the market seems to categorize it is, them. Which is yeah, which is weird. It's how they're categorized on the uh, the sales floor. Mm-hmm. There are these ones from Apple. Also, there are other ones. <laughs> See, the thing I'm sad about some smartwatches can go underwater. Some smartwatches cannot. Mm-hmm. You decide. The Pebble was the only true cross-platform smartwatch, and right. now it is not. Because it's not there anymore. The the only true equally... Is it even equal? Yeah. It's, Android th- Wear... There's nothing... Android I don't Wear think it works. has any added... F- What's that? Android Wear works with the iPhone. In very, very, very limited capacity. Right. But I assume but the, the Pebble doesn't do all the stuff it does with Android on iOS. Like I assume it's more functional on it with Android. Just because of the nature of Android. See, I don't know about that. I I don't because Pebble runs in its own app, right? Like, and then it pushes things from that app to the watch. Mm-hmm. Like, it doesn't integrate directly with the notification systems of the phone itself, right? From my understanding, so I don't I don't know. I don't know if the Pebble app is able to kind of hack its way around the limitations that iOS might have mm-hmm. to give the functionality that it's trying to do. You know, I don't know that either, Mike. <laughs> See, and and the thing is, like, Pebble doesn't have the same kind of functionality that the Android or Apple Watch has either. Right. No, like, it doesn't. But for what it does have, it's able to do on both, from okay. my understanding, That's equally fair. well. So so let's put it that way. Mm-hmm. So what would be considered limited functionality on an Apple Watch or an Android Wear Watch, the Pebble is as its just standard functionality, but it's able to do it on both. Right. Which maybe doesn't mean much, but I guess it's at least not, you're not compromising something by using it on one or the other. Right. Whereas, yeah, like if you're, if you, Android Wear does work on iOS, but it's like, hey, you have a text, <laughs> go look at it on yeah. your phone. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Does it even do that? Would Pebble tell you you have a text message or would it say there's a notification? The Pebble, you can, you can read, it, it will give you, a, say, say you have a text and you can read it. Okay. With iOS. With either. Right. Huh. 
So it does pull more than I would think. It, yeah, it's it's not just a notification center for your wrist. It's, right. You, but it you can't interact with it the same way as you can with the Apple and the, the yeah. Android Wear because none of the Pebble watches have touch screens from what I know. Mm-hmm. At least the ones I'm familiar with. Don't quote me on that. <laughs> quote from Mike. <laughs> not all somethings have touch screens. Pebble thanks smart your, watches? Thanks for your full attention. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Nick's barely hanging on to this point. <laughs> I'm just gonna I'm gonna tilt the screen so that you can see what's going on. That's me playing Pokemon right there. That's there me half listening to what's going on. Yeah. Current state of hats from Nick. Currently, <laughs> there are hats. Hats will be more popular than earmuffs this season, if I'm correct. It's been the current state of hats. I'm Nick Maddox. (laughs) So, Mike. Yes. In the next year, given that we expect... I don't know what to expect from Android Wear, honestly. We expect another Apple Watch that's slightly thinner and faster and whatever than the old one. I don't know what to expect from Android. I don't know what to expect from Fitbit. Do you see yourself now, unless you get an iPhone, do you see yourself not ever getting a smartwatch? If Samsung continues to make high quality watches, which in my opinion they have been and should continue to do because mm-hmm. they're marketing theirs a lot more as a Samsung phone accessory. Yeah. And if I stick with Android and get another Samsung, then I may get a Samsung smartwatch if one comes out that kind of ticks off all my boxes. But I find that my boxes are very incompatible with the current selection of smartwatches, save for the Pebble. Right. Where I want the battery life that can at least get me through like a long day mm-hmm. and still have like 20 to 30% battery life left. Um, but also have the functionality that, you know, the premium Android Wear and Samsung smartwatches have. But currently it looks like the smartwatches are pretty much only good for an eight, maybe a 10 hour day going like, full tilt with notifications and interaction and and whatnot whereas as i'd be looking for like like i said you know 20 percent left at the end of a long day yeah and and not have to worry about having to recharge it halfway through Mm -hmm. which i think is getting more and more common again having to recharge it or having having to not recharge it having not to not having to worry about it my somehow my watch having gotten up at eight o'clock it's been four hours three and a half is it 99 percent still that seems crazy Mike, what are your boxes mm. other than battery life? Battery life and being able to interact with notifications without having to go to my phone. Is that and also and also GPS tracking and independent of a watch or yeah, independent. Okay, independent of the phone. Like and or, sorry, another yeah. box, another box that is on there but not as high priority is cell cell signal onto the watch okay so you don't actually need the phone with you to use it optional but box, at least official box yes <laughs> but i'd at least want like wi-fi so that they can be on the same network and not have to be right next to each other because i hate relying on bluetooth yeah to mm. keep them connected one thing that i'm reading about lately which has me very curious i i was doing some research on bluetooth headphones about a month ago and the latest versions of Bluetooth headphones that are coming out have range of a couple hundred feet as opposed to the 30 feet from the old versions of Bluetooth. 
And I've been hearing more and more about an actual spec for Bluetooth 5.0, like currently we're on 4.0, usually low energy. Yep. Um, Bluetooth 5 is going to be crazy with this longer range becoming standard, um, even lower power. I'm very curious to see how the Bluetooth spec shapes up if it becomes like more, even stronger than Wi-Fi potentially, unless you're downloading something huge. I I don't know exactly how that future is going to play out, but I see it as being very interesting. If I if my watch and phone will stay connected over hundreds of feet instead mm-hmm. of just Bluetooth range, which is really limited, like other side of the house, you might lose the connection unless you're also on Wi-Fi. How would that work though? Having that extended range but lower energy. I. I'm not sure they would go together. I think it would more be like you can have the, if you're within 30 feet, it would be low, like super low energy, but it would still be able to boost the power to get to two or 300 feet or whatever it is. Okay. It wouldn't be necessarily a longer range and right better battery at that range or lower power at that range, but it would be lower power overall and longer range, even if it has to right. boost the power a bit. Similar to the, is it the iPhone that does the, the two power modes? Uh, I know that like it has, like it has dual core and then runs the one for certain things and then the other fires up when it needs it. As so far as I know, that's better efficiency. An- more Android, like the snap, the newer Snapdragon processors have that. I don't think the iPhone explicitly has different cores for different powers or different, um, like radio connection strengths. I thought that was the key thing. I'm not talking about radio. I'm just analoging it to, like processors and how you can have them work in conjunction with each other depending on the process it's trying to do. I think the very newest one, like the 7, yeah, line has multiple cores that do kind of do that, but I that yeah. was it was Snapdragon and Samsung that started that. Okay. And it like their Samsung chips in the iPhone. Even if the specific uh chips are like the specific Apple processor chips are like ARM chips and they're made by I think they're made either by Samsung or TMSC or whatever, the Taiwan Semiconductor Company. Mm. Um, yeah, but I'm pretty sure that... I'm certain that Samsung and like the, the, that side of things, the Android side of things, came out with it first. But I'm not sure exactly how Apple implemented that. Although I do remember that being a thing. Yeah. That's I like the problem chips. with not having the newest one. Potato chips, corn chips, they're all <laughs> delicious. So, Nick. Yes? Ending out the year, is there anything else you want to talk about? No. There's nothing in the notes that you do. I'm just curious because you've been talking about hats and chips. No, I thought we'd have a rich, full uh, discussion. Although, you know, I could discuss the current state of hair. (laughs) Currently, there is hair. You're getting really good at this. Like, scary good. the current state of hair. (laughs) Mike, is there anything you want to talk about to wrap up the show? The current state of democracy (laughs) in Canada. Currently, Canada practices democracy. This has been The Current State of Democracy in Canada by Nick Maddox. So it seems only reasonable that with the time we have left in the show this year, we should probably talk about Pokemon. (laughs) We've done it every week. Now there's a topic I can sink my teeth into. (laughs) Current state of Pokemon Go. Awesome. This has been the current state of Pokemon oh, Go with Nick Maddox. Do we do we want to talk about the possible changes that are coming as early as tomorrow? Wait, is it? Oh, I want to say 
I have tomorrow off. So mm-hmm. if this drops tomorrow morning, I will be a happy camper. I will yeah. just like bust out, use all my ultra balls, all my raspberries. <laughs> I have, I think I now have 400, uh, what's it? Horsey candy. Need those Kingdra. I've got two perfect, uh, two perfect, or I hatched two perfect Zubat. I could get those Crobats. Yeah. Gen two all up in this piece. I think I can get a Steelix, a Sizor. Should, should we go to an after show and talk about sure. this? Sure. Let's no, do that. No, do it now. Don't wait for the after show. We don't have time. We definitely this is have an time. urgent matter. Okay. So uh, thank you for listening to Future Chat this year. Damn. We are going on a brief hiatus for the next three-ish weeks. We'll be back probably the second week of January. Uh, the first week, the first day we would be recording of the year would fall on January 1st, and I'm not doing that. So in that case, thank you for listening. You can head to unwindmedia.com slash future chat to listen to past episodes to tide you over for the next few weeks. And we'll see you in 2017. Have a good week. Ciao. Toodaloo. Okay, so I'm really curious what you guys think, uh, but based on what you've read, if they're introducing Gen 2 tomorrow or in the near future, how do you think they're actually going to do it? I, they can do it entirely with a server-side update at this point. The latest update that dropped has all the cries for mm. the Gen 2 Pokemon. And further, all the models currently get uploaded from the server whenever you open the app. Which is why so, you see them load slowly as you go now. Yeah, that's why you have glowing balls of light. Sometimes you can go through an entire evolution with a glowing ball of light. Mm-hmm. Um, it, yeah. Yeah, and... Uh, they were also saying that the longer spawns that yeah. they've been doing, it means there are more Pokemon around, and they were doing that to prepare for having uh, Gen 2 Pokemon alongside the Gen 1 Pokemon. Right. That said, they could also be reduce- releasing Shinies, because apparently there's been scuttlebutt about that too. Yeah. Maybe it's the legendaries. Do, I don't know. Do you think they're going to be picking a second starter with Gen 2, or do you think they're just going to release them and you catch the ones that you catch? I don't know i'm if we do i'm gonna be really conflicted i'm not gonna know who to choose yeah I i'm did. gonna make the wrong decision because for me it's gonna depend and this is stupid but it's gonna depend on what is the most prevalent in like in ottawa because I, I picked squirtle as my first if i had known that charmander and bulbasaur were going to be so relatively rare i would have definitely picked one of those two even just for the three extra candy how are you going to know which is going to be the that's rarest, what i mean though? Like, I'm it's probably going to be the fire type because but Ottawa and Calgary are comparatively lush. Why Why would you want the more rare ones as your starter if the goal is to evolve? I want three candies. Love your starter. Three candies. That's it. Love your starter, Rob. No, evolve delete it. your starter. Um, so he can't love his starter anymore because he got rid of it like the heartless <laughs> monster he Immediately. is. I was not wasting a single thing of candy on it. It was like 10 CP. I was never going to do that. I don't understand this, this idea that can you the 10, imagine, 10, 10... Can you imagine that one day Rob might be a father? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. This this, this like, idea that the 10, 10, 10 IVs is bad. It's like two-thirds IVs is not bad. It's not great. That is it's not terrible. by definition above average. Yeah. Not necessarily. Rob's going to get a baby it, and be like, is. this no... baby is so small and useless. I'm just throwing it away <laughs> and getting a bigger child. <laughs> That's not... This baby won't be able to mow my lawn for years.
10 10 10 is above average by definition mike we agree that not that iv is not distributed randomly right they are actually it's been shown that they're exactly are. random yes like unless you're zero and eggs, 100 then they're exactly random between 10 and 15 you mean zero and 15 no, for hatching eggs, the IVs are between ten and fifteen. Oh no, I'm yeah, I'm saying yeah, catching. Oh yeah, yeah. for catching, it's, yeah. random, it's random, zero to fifteen for all stats. Or is it zero yes. or one? Zero. I have a Great. zero zero yeah. twelve Snorlax. <laughs> oh my god, <laughs> it's a good thing HP is worth so much more than defense in the game. It's true. That's a pretty solid Snorlax as a result. <laughs> Willow would disagree, or Spark would disagree. Yeah, well, what does he know? (laughs) Okay, here's a question for you guys. Mm -hmm. Yes. Which legendary are you picking, assuming you actually get to pick? Why would you get to pick? When have you ever gotten to pick anything except for your starter? That's the point, the starter. They're not going to let you pick? They're not going to show all three? Are you kidding me? I think we picked the first legendary when we chose our teams because team logos. Well, I don't know. Maybe we did. I know I had that in mind when I picked, but... I mean, I really I liked Zapdos. If I knew what a problem Dragonite would be, I would have gone for Articuno. But given the latest CP update, I mean, it's not too hard to take down a Dragonite with a Cloyster especially. And Wigglytuff is also pretty good. Just use your Lapras, Nick. <sighs> Do we want to talk about Laprases, Mike? Because this is just like me getting angry and upset on the podcast <laughs> over having hatched a Frost Breath, Dragon Pulse, Lapras, and caught a Frost Breath, Dragon Pulse, Lapras with better IVs, but like less than a third the CP. <laughs> Damn, Lapras. Got two of them. None knows, and neither knows like a full ice set. I'm <sighs> not going to like... I hope this isn't the next Arcanine, because, like, Arcanine, I can't deal with how many Bite Bulldoze Arcanine I've gotten. <laughs> and I'm just not getting Growlithe anymore. Yeah. But you have your Fire Blast Flareon, so it's all good. Yeah, it's like it's, it's not actually good. that good. It was just a high CP Eevee that it was like, whatever, let's see what we can do. So, mm. But that is good. Yeah. Yeah. So maybe, maybe if I have the option, I'll pick Cyndaquil, because it's what I picked when I played Gen 2. But hmm. then I could just go with my... Hashtag instinct and get all the grass Pokemon. It's a tough call. I, I don't see them giving you three options again. I don't know how that would work. Well, you start up on Gen 2 day, or if you like switch regions somehow, you start up Gen 2 day and they give you three options. Say, hey, look, Gen 2 Pokemon, which will you choose? But then like the whole thing was that with the when you first start the game, you they will show up wherever you are. And nothing else will show up. Mm-hmm. And if you right. close the game and open it again, they'll show up again, right? Wherever you are. Yeah. And if you move, they'll disappear and reappear where you are. Yeah. I, like I went because I because I made a second account and then got bored of it. I went through this again because I really wanted Pikachu as my starter. So I just kept moving around until I got him. How, it, like I don't see how they would keep everything else off the map. Like as a as a in-game what? function like the same way they do when you create a new account no i i'm not i mean i guess i'm not saying mechanically i'm saying within the process of the game it seems like people are going to want to put this off and if they're not able to play the game until they decide they're like people are going to be frustrated maybe Everything that's the way that they'll do it. does is going to frustrate people like 
I'm sure there will be people who are upset about Gen 2 because they were really happy with the Gen 1 stuff. I guess. Yeah, I guess you can't make everyone happy. Hmm. I don't know. Now don't I'm upset. <laughs> Just kidding. Just kidding. I'm a happy guy. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Are they going to release all of Gen 2 at once? All as in keep nothing back? I don't think. I think they'll keep something back. They'll keep I'm not the, familiar the legendary dogs back. Also, I think there's another thing. It's Mewtwo-esque, Gen 2. Mm. Oh, they have Lugia? They have two new le- legendary birds, Ho-Oh and Lugia. Yeah. Yeah. Huh. At least I'm I'm looking forward to... The last time we experienced this, I guess, was the Halloween event. I'm looking forward to getting bored of new Pokemon. <laughs> <laughs> like, oh, hey, a bunch of Cubones. I've only ever seen two. And then within 12 hours, you're like, this is too many. <laughs> Uh, I don't know. I'll, I'm I'm happy. What I would like to see is uh, apparently they do this in previous games, but EV training. So not EV training. Experience values as opposed to individual values. So you right. can prop up uh, your IVs based on something or the overall rating. I could fully max out Sprouts McGee, even though he doesn't know Vine Whip. Hmm. Yeah, we'd well, have to have a limit on how much you can increase your your stats like you shouldn't be able to max out your ivs i think i think you should be able to i have no problem with this yeah i agree (laughs) especially if you're willing to put in enough work Mm -hmm. but then you'll have cheaters who take advantage of that you're always going to as opposed to what system where there be no cheaters yeah it's not not that but it's like i don't know it's not it doesn't make it easier to cheat it just gives people another venue to cheat where they're gonna cheat in a different way otherwise I'm I I've been reading about the possibility of friendship being a thing like having your buddy for a certain amount of time. I'm very curious how that might work. Probably having, based on walking because that's Yeah. Like that's friendship what I mean. is based on having the Pokemon in your party and walking around in the main game. So right. I'm assuming that's directly analogous to walking with the buddy system. Right. And I really I'm, want that Umbreon. <laughs> Cuz in case you have to fight Mewtwo at some point, I need that hard counter. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's going to be Umbreon or Tyranitar, I guess. Is that a hard ca- Do they resist Psychic too? Dark, yeah. Oh, okay. I have a handy-dandy Google Keep note because <laughs> a pictogram of all the hard counters and all the type effectiveness. Right. It's very helpful. It's annoying because I have this weird reaction to Dark type because up to this point, it's been like, damn it, another Dark move. Because you're hoping for a psychic. Oh, yeah. If stab but, was an option, totally. Right. But it, it's it's conditioned me to not want dark. But can you imagine so stab bite? That's going to be a great move. Yeah. Also, they figure Umbreon's going to have. Hmm. Yeah, well. bite and something else. I would hope so. I really... Now, at this point, hearing about all these... Like, hearing December 12th thrown out, the fact that it's now tomorrow really just makes me want it to be real. More than... I yeah. ever have. I was well. I'm still somewhat skeptical that it's going to be all of Gen Two tomorrow. Yeah, but I would not be upset if it was true. What you just said? It, you thought it was going to be all of Gen Two? I'm still really though. Gen Two tomorrow. It seems fast. Also, like I thought about it and I went, it seems like awfully soon since the release of the game. And I was like, mm-hmm. eh, it's almost six months since the game was released in the U.S. And then I thought. And there's now ten gener ten generations? Seven? I thought there were seven. Seven sounds right. Seven, okay. 
So if they released a new generation every six months, it would still take three, four years to get them all out. Yeah. Yeah. Which seems reasonable. Right. I'm just, I'm worried that the saturation of types is going to cause rarity, like in a lot of basically everything. Yeah. Right. I'm I'm not a fan of that. Mm. Unless the Gen 1s just become like the rare Pokemon now. So when you see a Rattata, it's like, oh my God, a Rattata. You know what might be interesting? (laughs) If like similar to the way that gyms expire after 21 hours, if you had a way that you could, because the whole point of different generations is that they were on a different island, right? I don't know. They were in different regions. It would be like traveling to different continents and seeing different animals. It would be like if you could, every 21 hours or so, you could jump, you could like travel to a different spot. Like you would move to an area away from Gen 1 to where right. Gen 2 are. And it would like the, the map where something would have a different skin or a different theme. Like the colors would be slightly different. So you'd at least have some indication you're in a different spot. And then every day you could flip to another region. So you wouldn't have Rattatas, but you'd have whatever right thing is like it right so you wouldn't have to yeah because otherwise it seems like if they if they decreased the spawns of gen one to fit in more gen twos then people get frustrated there's no gen ones but if you just added gen twos and left gen one gen one's the same there'd just be pokemon everywhere and be crazy yeah i i hope that they at some point realize that all the casual players aren't playing anymore Mm mm-hmm and that they increase the complexity to the point where you're able to do that kind of thing. Because I think if they implemented that, that can easily confuse yeah, people. Yeah, yeah. And they're like, where's my Gen 2s? I don't see any anywhere. I actually yeah. like I like talking to people. And they're like, isn't like Pokemon Go dead though? Isn't like all the hype gone? <laughs> like, if it was gone, I would be able to hold my downtown yeah. gyms for much longer <laughs> than I do currently. It is not dead. There are people. I don't see yeah. them as much. But I yeah. know there are people. Awful, There's a awful roving people team of blue. who keep taking down my gyms. Yeah. I know Mystic has made a sudden resurgence and they keep taking the Calgary Tower and the Red Arrow. Is Mystic blue? Yes. There's a blue team in my neighborhood that gets like overnight gyms are just all level 10 blue when I wake up. That sounds like a botter. <laughs> I, maybe? Not really. Nick, like, there's a group of Instinct that does the same thing. Like overnight they'll go and level up. Every night though? Okay, not necessarily every night, but like oh, if I thought it was like fairly, weekly or fairly something. regularly. Okay, if there's a level ten gym of red or yellow, it'll stay. But if it's if there's level three anything, it'll be level ten of blue by the next morning. Hmm. If anything is weak in the evening, it'll be gone by the morning and level ten of blue. Rob, if I was there, I would I would try and help you. Thanks. You'd go on war rides because <laughs> I'm never gonna go take down something that's level ten. I tried once. I got to like seven or eight, and I just couldn't do it anymore really it's cold it's not that was cold. bad especially if you have one other person with you i did not if you get and like three will. or more it's just a it's a dream <laughs> yeah you i just get queue that. up gyarados and it doesn't matter you'll just rip through the whole thing right now that i have a strong Sweet. lapras i think i can take on more you know what i was thinking actually you you guys keep sharing that type thing with me shows all weaknesses and strengths what i really need because you never remember what i need more than anything is a list of pokemon showing what the best options are to attack them with like for snorlax i would need like the top two or three that 
would be good against it. Or Snorlax, it just it doesn't matter as much because it's normal type. But that's a, well, that's it doesn't a, matter. You're as asking much, for a hard counter pictogram, and yes, I can send that to you. Good. That's all I want. Okay. Because the type thing doesn't doesn't so help hard, me. Well, it is a type thing. It's a hard counter. So, like, for Vaporeon, Vaporeon, the hard counter is grass. I think the yeah. only hard counter to water is grass. Right. So water water attacks are not very effective against grass Pokemon, and grass attacks are super effective yeah. against water yeah, yeah. Pokemon. Yeah. The stupidest thing is my strongest grass type is uh, Executor, but it has a psychic move, so I it's really they, annoying to use for anything. They don't have they don't have grass quick moves. Right. The best grass attacker is now Venusaur. <laughs> so I should use Venusaur more. Yes. What okay. does your Venusaur know? Uh, I think it's like Vine Whip and something Whip. I don't know. what. It, they're both grass. Or Whip? Oh, if they're both grass, then just go for it. That's a good yeah. attacker. Okay. It's also now the yeah most powerful grass attacker in the game. And Vine Whip is the highest DPS and EPS. So maybe for- I'll use my Tangle as... No, I wish not as, I wish poison. <laughs> I wish poison typing was more relevant. Eh, well, it's nice. without without the mechanics for status effects. It's just yeah, yeah, like yeah. Poisons were always the worst to fight in Gen One for me. Like in the yeah, because then if you didn't heal immediately, you walk away yeah. and your Pokemon's gonna faint. Like yeah, exactly. It was such a pain. <laughs> yep, that's how that worked. Mm-hmm. It's awful. Can you imagine, like, if... Oh. What if they do status effects as an update? I would... Awesome. All of a sudden, like, I would have been really hoping for Sludge Bomb more. Because <laughs> could get a status effect out of it. I would hope that... you. Oh, man, if you could have, like, the option to just have a Sleep Powder or Poison Powder drop when, you're, when your uh, Venusaur goes out there. Oh. Or, like, Leech Seed. Leech Seed was... <laughs> Of incredible strategic importance to Venusaur's success, and my goodness, mm-hmm. it's funny because we want all these aspects from the handheld games to be in this, but then at that point you could probably just play the handheld. Yeah, game. yeah I was gonna say it's just not gonna happen. It's just <laughs> it's too complicated. Yeah, or like yeah. Snorlax could just Snorlax could fall asleep and then regain half its health and. <laughs> You had to go, ah! <laughs> and unless you've already hit him with toxic or something, it's just, well, that's going to take a while. 